0: welcome to the Light Bears Institute podcast where we seek to improve biblical literacy by discussing key storylines and themes in scripture welcome back to the light Bears Institute podcast Kevin McCollum here director of light Bears excited for another session here today with Brett Arndt who is our campus director near the University of Arkansas Brett taught last night and he's going to join us Brett welcome to the studio glad to be here he taught last night on sanctification yep and um, looking forward to it I think as we've Kind of talked pre-recording here. Uh, there's just a lot of energy around this topic, and I think it's going to be exciting to spend about a half an hour just unpacking um, this idea of sanctification. So,
1: yeah, it's. I mean, we've and again, we, we've talked about this, but but even us a, as a ministry, as a discipleship ministry, this is our hope uh, uh, that these students grow in their sanctification, that that they obviously plug into a local church that equips them. Uh, for the work of ministry and, and sanctifies them as well. And so so this is a passion for us as mm-hmm. as people who, who are in ministry uh, and who are disciple makers, that they be sanctified. And so uh it, it's it's I'm passionate about it. I, I know you are too. And so it's uh, it's fun to talk about.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really that thing that all of us in ministry or anyone who teaches or serves in a church, I mean, we we press upon this thing of sanctification. You know, it's a it's a huge part of our goal in the lives of those who we're ministering to. And so not all of us get an opportunity to spend an hour and a half or so, you know, talking about it in front of a group of students that are eager. So last night, if you had to define for us kind of what, what would you hope the students really understood about sanctification
1: last night? That's a good question. First Thessalonians 4, three says, this is the will of the Lord, your sanctification, or that you be sanctified. And, and uh, if that's true, which which... <laughs> we would say it is, uh, then it's important that, that students understand that, that, that it's worth the hour and a half, uh, uh, to, Hey, let's, let's dive into this, that, that understands sanctification, what this is, how it's different than, uh, than adoption, uh, that, that adoption is instantaneous at, at, um, at regeneration. Well, sanctification, it's progressive and it happens over the course of your lifetime. And, and so what are the nuances of that? Uh, uh, we see this, uh, it's a cooperative, uh, enterprise, uh, if you will, that, that it's mainly a work of God. And yet we play a role in that. And so if this is the will of the Lord, our sanctification, it's worth our energy and time and effort to teach and to understand, uh, what sanctification is.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's dive right into that. Um, what is sanctification? If you had to give us a, a quick definition of sanctification, uh, what would that be? So the, the definition I
1: used last night was it, it is an instantaneous declaration of holiness, as well as a progressive installation of holiness, and, and kind of getting that from uh, in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 1, verse 2, where uh, Paul is, is talking to this Corinthian church, and he says, to those who are sanctified, uh, and if we know anything of 1 Corinthians, this is not a high, highly moral church right. if we think of press, uh, progressive sanctification they're not that sanctified and yet paul is true to say to those who are sanctified to the saints and so in in one instance there is this declarative you are set apart uh, and that's where that word sanctify you are set apart you are holy so so it's with regeneration you are declared holy and yet it's progressive it's throughout our lifetime as you grow in holiness as you flee from sin as you crucify the flesh and as the lord works in you it is this progressive holiness uh and that's that it's this progressive installation where you are being transformed from one degree of glory to the other and so uh that that's the uh, what i would say the basic definition
0: so really last night you spent your time talking about what is sanctification you just gave us a great definition i love the the liturgy of that as well you know just um you know how how you define it but but then we're going to actually have two more classes on sanctification beyond kind of what it is. Uh, what are those two going to be as we, before we dive in a little deeper on your topic? So last night, the, the hope obviously was, was kind of that, that broad
1: stroke. And then next week uh, of here's what sanctification is, that was last night. That's what I talked about. And then kind of funneling down to what are the means of grace that, that the Lord in his mercy, in his goodness, gives us means of grace. This is uh, the spiritual disciplines. This is time in scripture, fellowship, prayer. A singing, these means of grace to sanctify the people practically. And then the week after is even going a little further of how do we make disciples? Uh, how do we work alongside others with the local church to make disciples, to engage and help be in that process of sanctifying others? And so that that's kind of why we split it in, in those three ways. Yeah,
0: it makes total sense. So So really what it is and then there are signs of someone who's being sanctified and, and things that they do to increase their sanctification. And then obviously they're engaging with others doing the same thing. And so let's talk about like sanctification in our own lives as we live this out. Where does sanctification begin and where does it end? Because we, we look at things, I think, and say, well, there are things that God's been doing eternally or set up in eternity past that will continue to eternity future. But sanctification really isn't one of those things. And so where does it begin and end? So you've got a, a, when we
1: look at salvation as a whole, we've got something like election. Uh, Well, this is, I mean, this is a foreknowing of God. This is something eternity past. And then you've got that, you've got gospel call that that God addressing us. Uh, And then you, you have that, that conversion moment of in that moment, you are justified. Praise God. You you are justified once and for all that this is not a progressive. The gavel lays down. You are justified. You're regenerated. You are adopted uh, as a son, and, and I would say in that moment when you are regenerated, according to what is it, Ezekiel thirty four thirty five, that heart of stone is removed, and you are given a heart of flesh. Uh, that you receive the Holy Spirit, and in that moment you are set apart as holy. And, and so sanctification starts at regeneration, and unlike the others of, of where justification, that's once for all time. You, you are not becoming more or less justified. Uh, you are not becoming more or less a son or daughter, more adopted or less adopted, but in sanctification, you are progressing, which means in, in the church, in believers, there can be varying degrees of someone can be more sanctified than the other. And so it starts there at, at regeneration, and yet it's completed at death. And so this is glorification. And we're going to see this in scripture of you are becoming more and more sanctified And uh, our souls, the author of Hebrews says, to the souls of just men made perfect, death, uh, there's this perfection yet, Uh, we will be made fully perfect, fully bear the image of the man in heaven when Christ returns. Paul talks about this in Philippians 3, at that bodily resurrection. So this is not an eternal process of holiness, because praise God, one day we will be fully holy. We will, as Paul says, bear the image of
0: the man of heaven. So it would stop at death. Amen. So let's dive in now, Brett, with that in that tension from regeneration to death, this this part of life where we're becoming more like Christ. So I love the reality that that you you painted so well that after death we're made fully. The already but not yet is actually here. Our faith is sight, you know, our holiness is complete, our our eternity is secure. And there's no need for progression. You know, we know in full, we see in full, we live in full praise god for that. And then prior to salvation, certainly we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were chained to really the fate of Satan himself, short of god's just merciful interaction in our life and redeeming us. And so so but now we live for those who are in Christ. Prior to death, we live in this in this area and in this moment of sanctification, this progression, we have a role and god has a role. And I think sometimes that can cause us to be a little confused and 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 a little concerned sometimes when we see sin or when maybe a little overly confident when we maybe have some victory. And so you define well, First uh, Corinthians was defined as sanctified people, although clearly they were maybe just beginning in their <laughs> right. sanctification process, as you get later in the book. And then also in First Thessalonians, we're called to be sanctified. It's the will of God, and it gives ways to be sanctified, flee sexual immorality and these things. So let's live in that tension a little bit. What is, as you prepared this, like, what is our role and what is God's role in sanctification? That's a great
1: question, because when we think of the other elements of sanctification, uh, and we've talked about this a little bit, but justification, adoption, regeneration, you don't play a part in that. That is solely God. And yet here in sanctification, we play a role. And, And where we get that biblically is there are so many imperatives, so many commands in Scripture that would say, you put to death the deeds of the flesh. Well, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's the Lord through Paul saying you. Me, me as a believer, I'm to put to death the deeds of uh, uh, of the flesh. And that's because I've been regenerated. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I am sanctified and called to be more sanctified and holy. And so uh, that's that cooperative piece. And so th- there is obviously this piece that, well, praise God, God sanctifies. I would even go as far to say that Sanctification is primarily a, a work of God. I mean, we, we think of this Philippians one six of we're confident, Paul says, of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Well, praise God uh, that, that me putting, uh, if I'm trying to white knuckle and, and pick myself up, so to speak, by my spiritual bootstraps with, with no dependency on the Holy Spirit, no dependency on God, it's not going to work because I can rest and find rest, and that he who started a good work will carry it on to completion. Uh, the author of Hebrews says that that God is the author and perfecter of our faith, author in that he started it, and perfecter in that, praise God, he will finish it. And so God plays a role, and he's the one who is sanctifying us, and, and he does that often through those means of grace, through the local church, through his word that is such a gift, through prayer, uh, through fellowship, through confession. I mean, the, the Lord uses these, and it's through that. That, that we also play a role. It's killing sin. It's fleeing from sexual morality. It's uh, putting to death the deeds of the flesh. And so there is a tension there. And, and we've got to be careful when we, when we talk about sanctification that we don't end up in these ditches of, we don't want to be in, in this one ditch, this false doctrine of, of quietism that, that, you know what? Sanctification is solely a, a work of God. I just need to let go and let God. I don't need to kill sin. In my own life, uh, I don't need to have this mortification of sin. Just let go and let God. Well, that leads to passivity and just spiritual laziness. But we have to be careful not to go the other extreme of this activism that, you know, God saves us. And some people believe this, right? But God saves us and he kind of just takes a step back. And then it's up to us. Kind of this pick yourself up by your spiritual bootstraps and and white knuckle this out to the end and hope you make it. Well, that's. That's not right either. And that leads to legalism and to pride and to self-righteousness. And in scripture, I mean, we have Paul who says, I labored or I worked harder than anyone, but in the end, it wasn't me, but Christ and me. And it's that tension of praise God. He who started a good work in us will carry it on to completion. Praise God. And yet through that, because of that reality, we have this, uh, we have this, this responsibility as a believer to pursue holiness. And we see this in in these commands: pursue holiness, kill sin, and the Lord and His goodness works in that, so that in the end we will be
0: glorified, and that's a work of the Lord and that we will be made perfect. Amen. How do you think that grace through faith plays into our sanctification? We talked about that in a earlier podcast that you know grace through faith in salvation, but how does that play out in sanctification?
1: So we as believers. <laughs> We as, we as uh, believers, we have, as people who treasure scripture uh, and who know scripture and uphold it as authoritative and sufficient and clear and, and necessary, we have to oppose grace and merit. That there's anything that we have done in salvation to earn God's favor, to merit it. I mean, that's, it's actually kind of an oxymoron. Grace that literally is unmerited favor. And so we, we cannot merit his favor there's we do nothing to to earn or garner his favor in election and adoption and regeneration we do none of that and yet we have to be careful not to throw out grace and human activity that the lord would call us to and so uh, you take something like faith and praise god this is a gift we it's a gift of god uh, we look at ephesians 2 we look at romans 13 this is a gift faith is a gift of god and we can not Use our faith in a meritorious way, because we can't muster that. We can't bolster ourselves, but we can act out in faith in a way that God would have us act out. And so, uh, an example I heard is actually given by one of our board members, Anthony Moore, who who taught on this. But but he talked about, uh, and he's talking. I think it's Exodus fourteen, Exodus fifteen, and, and this is the plagues in Egypt, and you've got the angel of death, right? And and so that you know you, you have people putting. Blood, the blood of the lamb over the doorpost, and he he kind of gave this hypothetical of you have this one father and their neighbors, you have two fathers, and they're putting blood over the doorpost, and one father says, you know, I am I am confident in the Lord, I'm confident that He will act, that He will save, that His name will be glorified in Egypt and 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 the surrounding nations. The Lord will, will do a great act, and this other father, his neighbor, as he's putting blood over the doorpost, says, you know, I. I'm not sure. Uh, You know, you've got three sons. I've just got one. I'm a little shaky. I don't know. But they both put blood over the doorpost. And Anthony asked the question, well, in the morning, whose sons were alive? Well, the answer is both. Mm -hmm. Because it's not the strength of your faith, but it's the object of your faith. Uh, And so uh, we can't muster that. It's not the strength that merits salvation but praise God it's the object and so faith the even the act of faith is grasping hold of the righteousness of Jesus and that's what gives us merit and, and so uh we obviously oppose grace and merit but we we in when we talk about sanctification it's through faith that we act not in a meritorious way but in a way that uh, the lord would have us because of our regenerated hearts because of Of what the Lord has called us to, be holy as I am holy, walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. And here's the beautiful thing about it. The Lord gives us through his Holy Spirit the power to do so. We are no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. We have a new master. We can never say as a sanctified believer that sin, according to Paul in, what was it, Romans 6, sin has no dominion over you. We can't say that. Praise God. And so as a a sanctified believer we kill sin we act out in faith not to earn his favor but because praise God through Christ we have it and so we obey because of what he's done and it's flowing from that and so we do have a responsibility
0: and praise God the lord acts and he's called us to act in that mm-hmm. so really if a believer is facing sin in their life by faith as a gift of god we respond to that sin the repentance make restitution to God through the Holy Spirit and obviously to our brothers and sisters in Christ the church and and in doing that by faith sanctification comes by grace from God right that's right you know God makes it effective by grace and yet calls us to these acts by faith all with Christ as the object that's and, right. the, and the perfecter of that that's is right that, is that a fair way that's to- that, that's
1: that's exactly right uh, and, and even and we'll talk more about this next week but the Lord in His grace, even the the means through which we are to be sanctified are means of His grace. That's right. And that we press into those. That's the local church. That's His word. That that's fellowship. That's prayer. These are means of His grace. That He is instrumenting. That He is sovereignly using to bring us from one degree of glory to the other. And so that's
0: that's that's dead on. Hmm. Well, you you know you threw out uh, several passages, and it, it kind of I was thinking of some others. You you mentioned Ephesians two. We see that, you know, faith is a gift, man can't boast. And he's he gives us that faith and then gives us works for us to do that he's prepared in advance. So you have this gift by grace, this faith was also a gift response, and then but we're still called to to work those things out. That's right. I think about in Mark eight when Christ is speaking to the disciples, and he says, If you want to come after me, you have to do a couple of things. You need to deny yourself, you take up that cross. And and you follow me. So even the calling for Christ, we shouldn't be surprised, comes with some decisions of disagreeing with our flesh, denying ourselves and taking up the very works, as we see in Ephesians 2, that Christ lays out for, for us to do. Why do you think that as believers, we struggle sometimes to know how to respond in the midst of our being sanctified? So we face a situation and we struggle. Is God sovereign here? Should we just stop and just let God do what he does? Or is this the, as you said, white knuckling that we're supposed to do? Why does that tension come up? I, I and I'll just confess, it's in my own life. Decisions, things that I'm facing. Sometimes it's hard to know what my responsibility is and what God's responsibility is. Man, that's a great question. And, and, and if
1: we're all honest, I, I think that we do that, right? Of, of, and, and there's, there's probably seasons when, when we, we probably go a little bit more on one ditch over the other. Of some seasons, maybe I'm a little more spiritually lazy and, and. Maybe spiritual lazy is not the right word, but, but there there's seasons when you rest in the hope and the goodness of he will carry it on to completion. You rest in God. And there's, there are some seasons where I'm, I'm a little too dependent on myself. I'm not enough dependent on the Lord in which I try to do it within my own power. And it's that healthy balance of, of how do we do that? Well, the, uh, sanctification is a balance. And uh, probably because of our own sin nature, because of our own seasons, we make much of one or the other. And so I, I confess too, Kev, of, of I wrestle with that, of, of what does it look like in this season? I think especially as we talked with some students last night. So I know as a believer, I'm to hate sin when I'm being sanctified. And really as a disciple, sanctification, we become more loving. Our love grows, but also our hate grows. Our love for Christ and God grows. Our love for his will, for his glory, for those things grows. But so does our hate, our hate for sin. Our hate for things that are contrary to God, but what do we do in those those seasons when, you know, I, I'm struggling in this sin. I know what Scripture says. What what does this mean for me in my sanctification? And I, you know, I think that's taking advantage in some ways of these means of grace mm-hmm. that the Lord the Lord has instituted in the church and fellowship and Scripture and prayer and pressing into those to say, help me lean in the Lord. Lord, help me. You sanctify me. You have sanctified me. Keep saving me. Keep sanctifying me through your word, through through your spirits, and through prayer. Saying, Lord, what am I not doing? Am I blind here? Am I am I um, not killing this sin like I should? Am I relying too much on my own strength and not your own? And just I don't even know if that answers that, but I I just confess that is this balance mm-hmm. of trusting in the Lord and and obviously relying on Him because again I I would argue He's still the primary agents that the holy spirit is is the primary one in your sanctification primarily still a work of god and yet we do have this role and probably because of our role and god's role we in our human humanness elevate one over the other and, and so just going to scripture praying as paul says i worked harder than anyone but it wasn't me but christ in me and so laboring to kill to, to kill sin forgetting what is behind pressing forward to to what is ahead and it's it's pressing in that of Labor hard. Mm-hmm. Um, kill sin. As John Owen says, be killing sin or it will be killing you. Battle it. Even when I mean, we talked with students last night, even the idea of struggling. What do you mean by struggle when, when we're talking with students? Are you really struggling? Right. Do you recognize the holiness of God and what he's called you to and how gross and malign this sin is? And the call to gouge your eye out. That's hard. It's painful to cut your hand off, your hand that would grasp to anything that is contrary to God. Are you doing that as Christ commanded? Are you willing to sever that, to gouge that out? Uh, well, that, that's that's hard. And yet, still, in the end, working hard, laboring, but as Paul says, hey, it's not me, but Christ, resting in his work, in his promises, and being confident in that, and trying to find that balance. I confess my own life is hard, but not elevating one over the other, but taking the mystery
0: of both in, in the Lord's goodness and in salvation and pressing into those. I think that even the tension of this conversation just strikes me. It, it's so appropriate and a good word picture of that we're living in the, in the middle here. We're, we're fit for a kingdom to come and yet living in this world. And so sanctification is always going to feel like a bit of a, um, a bit of a struggle. And Paul says it, right? And in, in scripture, in different places, we read, you know, it's a race that we're to run. You right. know, Paul talks about buffeting his body. It's, it's iron sharpening iron, you know, as the Proverbs talk about, you know, there's this grinding going on to just like cut away the, the ugliness of us. And, uh, and I think people will struggle different ways. You know, some people look at their failures and say, I need to pray more. Therefore, I'm blaming myself fully. Or other people are more passive. They feel like it's a little bit out of their control. So they blame God. And God needs to do more to rescue this situation. And so both have to rely by faith on the grace of God through the means he's given us to be sanctified, to continue to come through. And even when we trial, those are supposed to be joyful. That's right. 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 Those cause us to persevere. So God gives us the church. He gives us these things that you've, you've defined earlier that are these means of grace we're going to talk about next time you know, that are just a, a gift. They're a kindness of God. He didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. but in His kindness. He gave us these means to come back to him that he, you know, that he blesses um, as he set them up that way. So, and maybe speak to this as we're trying to even evaluate in our own sanctification, our own position before God or what to do, We're we're actually being sanctified, not just spiritually. You think about the fall and you think about even this side of heaven. Speak to that, just sort of how we're being sanctified in the, the categories of our life that are being sanctified.
1: Yeah, that's, praise God, that's, an, that's huge, right? It, it's So sanctification affects the whole person. And so now Paul says that, that though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day, and yet there will be a, this is glorification, but your body will be made new. Praise God. But now as we are being sanctified, it's our whole being spiritually this is our emotions our will our desires i was talking with my wife but but even looking back at at facebook and looking at some of the things i said in 2005 and 2006 i'm like that's not my desire anymore that's not my will i don't who is that man and praise god that, that 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 seeing kind of this worshipful moment of look what the lord has done in my life he has sanctified me i'm more holy i don't know that man But but the the Lord is sanctifying me fully, wholly. My spirit, my mind, what I find funny, my emotions. You know, I mean, as a baby believer, if somebody rebukes me in sin, you get angry. And yet recognizing as you get older, even take it in emotion like anger, your anger is more sanctified. And as you grow in sanctification, you're no longer angered that you were called out, but you're more angry that your sin offends God. That's the sanctified man. I'm no longer angry. And to be fair, I still do, right? I I've, I've, I still have this, this Romans 7, as Paul said, this battle of the old man and what I don't want to do, I do. But even uh, living for my glory, that desire to make much of myself, praise God, through his sanctifying work, I have a desire to make much of him. I think of, was it 1 Corinthians 5, 13, that says, for the love of God compels us, for we've concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all so that those who live, those who have been born again, those who are being sanctified, may no longer live for themselves but for him. My emotions, my will, my desires, my whole being is growing and being sanctified to live for him, and I'm free of making much of myself. And, and that's that beauty. of This affects everything. So that, as you said, we are being fit to dwell in a new kingdom with Jesus. And, and even that hope, that's the hope. And we're, we're talking last night with, with some of the students as I'm in my 30s and rocking a dad bod and, and there's gray hairs popping up everywhere. And you kind of look back to the age of some of these students and think, man, those were the, the, the quote unquote glory days that, man, I, you know, I wish I was like that. I wish I was like, well, here's the reality. In Christ, this is the best me. Right. I am more sanctified now. I look more like Jesus now. And praise God, the best days, the glory days are to come. When I will fully bear mind and spirit and body, I will look like Jesus. And so sanctification, the Lord is, praise God, relentless and and, and devout that that we would be made holy as he is holy. That he doesn't, praise God, leave us to do that. We can't. But he is holy and he does and can. And so we're confident that all that we are, our emotions, our joys, our loves, uh, our bodies, everything will be made perfect. And right now, though our bodies outwardly are wasting away, inwardly, all of those things that come with it are being renewed. And so that's the beauty of we're change, We're a new creation. We're new people and we are growing and changing and, and looking more and more like Jesus. And that's a wonderful, glorious thing to see and even to hope in. We talked about this last night of, you take First Peter of, of what's our hope? As a, as a sanctified believer, what's our hope? And we look at First Peter, we could say as an Arkansas fan that we, we hope Arkansas wins. Now, baseball, that's probably a given. Basketball, maybe. Football, probably not. But the, the hope of the world it, it is different, right? We can hope it's sunny. We can hope it snows. If you're a kid, you can hope school's canceled because of the snow. But as a believer, our hope is more secure. Mm-hmm. And in First Peter, we're born to a living hope, and our hope is living because Christ is living. And that's our hope. And we're confident that though we're being made new now and we're being sanctified now, we're confident that, and this is why Paul says, I'm confident because he's living, because he's reigning, and he is He is sanctifying us through the Holy Spirit, uh, through, the, through the Word, He's sanctifying us, all of us, and one day our bodies fully, and that gives us hope and confidence, and so we're sanctified being now, or ourselves are being sanctified more now, all of us, and yet one day we're hopeful that that we too, biblically hopeful, that
0: we too will be fully glorified and bear that image fully. What a great encouragement. I think as a young believer that may be struggling with some some sin or some old patterns, and not sure, you know, that they can sort of endure that for the years, but just this looking forward, hope that again, you know, your uh, sanctification is progressive, that you're you're marching step-by-step step forward to that day when you're fully glorified. And then also for an older believer that maybe, you know, has some season of the faith and now they're feeling the pains of their bodies and, and maybe they're um, not as able to get out and, and do some of the works of the faith. And so their faith becomes a little more um, internal, a little more prayerful, a little more, you know, quietly serving uh, the church in different ways to know that that too means that they're reaching, you know, this sort That's of right. this glorious moment of sanctification. So. And,
1: and I think it's important for us to understand that that we, we need to remember that sanctification and, and kind of what you're saying, maybe that student who's struggling, this is a progression. We, we look at and praise praise God through his word that the Lord has, uh, helps us to see Peter and this is even the New Testament when, when Peter's rebuked for, for kind of going with that circumcision. We see David, a man after God's own heart, sinned, right? We had a season of sin. So we, we, we as believers, we have ups and downs, but the trajectory is still good. It's still up. And so to remember, our sanctification is progressive. We'll have seasons that are maybe dull seasons, numb seasons, a lot of that because of sin. And yet the, the believer, the saint, the sanctified always repent. Mm -hmm. Uh, they always do persevere to the end. You know, if if you're, if you're listening and if you're in that season, if, if you're in a numb season, is there sin in your life? Are you running from something? Talk to somebody, talk to your pastor, talk to a church, confess of your sin, use those means of grace and have confidence, right? And in some ways, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. As Paul says, what's your profession now? Uh, you don't look back to, I walked an aisle when I was six, but, but what's your pulse? What's your heart? What's your desire? Do you hate sin? Do you desire to, to grow in the Lord? Those are good things. And so, if you're struggling, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But also know that that this is progressive. That 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 you know we have ups and downs, but generally in sanctification it is upward. And even as you're saying, as we're getting more and more sanctified, you know that the sins that that we we do may not be as we're becoming more and more sanctified. Maybe not more outwardly, but more attitudes of the heart. I told this to the students, and this is a confession of, you know, even when I prepare for an institute, a thought I think about a lot is, man, I hope this sounds good. I hope they really think I'm a good speaker. And oftentimes, I use God's word to glorify myself instead of Him. How wicked is that? And and that's still sin. I mean, I I don't know who said this. There's a pastor, but he said it's it's not just the 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 bad things you do that are sin. It's the good things you do with wrong motives. Well, a, as we grow, it's it's pressing and checking those motives, and that the Lord is sanctifying all of that. And so it is progressive. And so for, for the younger believer, look ahead. For the older believer, still look ahead. I think of in, in Hebrews when it says, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. And that joy was the glory of God the Father. That, that was for his bride. And so for us as believers, what's that? If That joy needs to be Jesus. It's that end goal of we will be fully made perfect That's our hope. That's our joy to labor, to kill sin, that our joy is not in this life. It's in the life to come. And so as we're being sanctified, it's an aligning of our joy, discipline of focusing our mind that, you know, girding the loins of our mind, uh, focusing on things that are above and and looking to, you know, as the author of Hebrews says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And so it's doing that and hoping in Christ, because we can have a lot of hopes. We can have a lot of passions, but they run dry. Christ, Christ is what will cause you into, to endure the love for Christ, the glory for Christ, and looking to what is ahead in this process that is hard at times and, and has ups and downs. It's focusing and fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith.
0: Amen. What a great, I mean, what a great encouragement. And just for God's glory, he's so kind and faithful and merciful to us. And I think um, as we're being sanctified, even in those moments where it's the hardest, you know, you just, um, those means of grace continues to draw us back and That's he right. just affirms, you know, look, I'm your father. I'm, uh, I'm a kind God, I'm a faithful God. I'm a God that doesn't deal with sin lightly. And so those things come, but even in the weight of the reality of our sin, he doesn't crush us under that. That's right. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, um, steadfastness lately and just in sanctification, there is a push just to be steadfast in that pursuit. And I think that to me summarizes a lot of man's role in sanctification you know our role is to be steadfast come back to the means of grace go back to prayer go continue in the church you know even in seasons where it's hard someone asked me recently it's like well what do you do if you don't really want to go to the bible i mean should you still go to the bible even though you don't feel like it it's like absolutely you go to the bible when you don't feel like it because that's the means of grace to change your affections to the living christ and so so those are those sort of the steadfast times and then Pressing thing, here I go again, you Lord, I've, I've sinned again, here I am, I'm I'm going to be steadfast, I'm going to come back before you. Because as you said, the object of our faith is a living faith, it's a person, and he's faithful and he's true. So I, I think steadfastness to me, that, and then God's just gracious. That's right. He's gracious, you know, in, in all of that. Not in a meritorious way, where he doesn't reward our steadfastness with just this extra grace. Right. Grace is always there, it abounds. But certainly the Lord honors and blesses the means by which he has set for us to come to him. And that's good too, of, uh, of, the, I mean, I love that Kev of steadfastness
1: uh, of, and often, I mean, godliness in, in a lot of ways, it's an acquired taste, right? Of, I mean, I remember you, when I was a student in Lightbears and you said, develop a bigger appetite for the word. Well, you know how you do that. You read the word, right? And then you develop a, a, a bigger hunger for the word, for prayer, for the saints, for, for the will. Of, I mean, it's, it's, it's doing those things. And I think, as, obviously, as we look at sanctification, what's our motive for obedience? Well, it's the love of God. It's his adoption, his justification, it's flowing from that. It's our union with Christ, right? Love is the motive. And yet we see in Scripture, there there are other commands like, and I'm pulling this from the Old Testament, but you should do this because it will go well with you. Well, that that's still a good motive. Uh, and so read your Bible. It will go well with you if you do that. And so those seasons when you're not feeling it or you feel, especially with younger students, I feel phony, you know, it's not there of... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, should I, I mean, with, we take short-term trips. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't feel super passionate about, you know, this or should I do that? Well, do it, do it. And the great thing about the Lord is he softens heart and even uh, your motives and, and opens your eyes in the midst of doing that. And so, yes, we do things because we love the Lord. And yet, I mean, there, there's commands that say, you know, hey, do this because it will go well with you. Well, it will go well with you if you read your Bible. Uh, it will go well with you. You need to be in a local church for the sake of your soul. That can be a motivation. So even if you don't feel like it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: do it. Of you know, reads, and we'll talk more about this next week. But read scripture, pray, take advantage of these means of grace, and by God's grace, develop that appetite for 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 His will. It's an acquired taste, but labor for that and trust in the Holy Spirit to bring that along and to cultivate that in you as well. And so. That's steadfastest, that,
0: that's dead on, uh, and I think that's good for students to hear. Before we put a bow on this definition of sanctification, you talked earlier about looking at Brett Art 2005 through social media, and you didn't recognize him. You know right. your desires have changed, your life has changed, your mindset has changed, um, and you wouldn't want to go back to that 2005 Brett for anything. Right. Um, what about the person who would look at themselves 15 years ago? maybe have claimed to be a Christian all along, done a few things, Christian things, but really has no change whatsoever. Same desire, um, same struggles, no broken patterns of these struggles in their life. Uh, What would you say to them? Maybe give them some answers. Yeah,
1: good question. You know, I, I, I would say first that sanctification, that is for believers. That is somebody who has placed their faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and so uh, Scripture is clear that you can tell a tree by its fruit. That that you will be sanctified. That if He started that work, it will be completed. Not that you're not going to have seasons, but if it's 15 years, 20 years, and and you're seeing no fruit or no growth, I, I think my question is: Have you embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ? Uh, have you turned from sin? Have you denied yourself? denied yourself the right to be the own Lord of your life? Have you denied yourself, in air quotes, right to define right and wrong? Do you say, Jesus, you know better. I'm a sinner. I need help. You are glorious. I am not. Let me turn to you in repentance and trust in your life, death, and resurrection. Have you said that? That that would be my encouragement of if you're you know, 10, 15, 20 years into this and there's no change. I think this is in the Gospel of John, but I think Jesus says that that uh, you will bear fruit, fruit that will last. That this is a promise. If you are in me, you will bear fruit. And so, if you're not bearing fruit, I'd really question if you're a believer. And so, repent and turn from from misplaced joys from yourself and turn to Jesus, who is more worthy and more gracious. And I, you know, I, I just think of the the parable of of the treasure in the field. Can you, as you look at your joys, can you leave all? All you have and all that means relationally, uh, uh, maybe physically, resource-wise yourself, leave that with joy to possess that treasure because that's what the believer does. That's precious to him. Jesus is valuable to them. And so, uh, and I would, if you haven't prayed, ask the Lord, Lord, open my eyes to to see you as more glorious, more profound, and more beautiful than anything else. And so if, if you would profess Christ and there's no change, the temptation for me based on scripture to say, after 15 years, I don't think you're a believer. And so turn to Christ. Uh, there is still time, turn to him, trust in him, in his work, in his life, death, and resurrection, and pray and plead uh, that, Lord, save me. And, and so that, that, that's what I would say, of embrace the gospel and not the false gospels of the
0: world. Yeah. And for those who have embraced the gospel, Sometimes sanctification is slow. Sometimes if we don't tap into those means of grace, we live a real fruitless life. That's right. You know, uh, someone said that you can enter the kingdom of heaven poorly, you know, as a, as a poor sheep. Um, And I think so for you, I would say um, turn to those means of grace, press into the word of God, press into the people of God, you know, be under the teaching of the word. Make sure whoever's teaching you is opening the scripture, talking about the scripture ask believers that you respect their life where they go to church and who who's preaching there and and you know and and dive in i think there's opportunity there to accelerate your sanctification not for the sake of being more spiritual so that people will see as more spiritual because you know the one to whom we all adore you know you know this christ and then your affections um will be for him and for uh for his people and his work and for heaven right we long long that way so Brett, thanks so much, man. Thanks for prepping. Thanks for just your years of just studying the word and and laboring, standing on the gap, Ezekiel says, on behalf of our students and for others and just for taking the time in the studio. I think it was really fruitful. Always a pleasure. Great. You've been listening to the Lightbears Institute podcast, a production of Lightbears Ministries. For more information, visit lightbears.com.